For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going through the Gospel of John, chapter by chapter. If you turn your Bible to John chapter 16, and we'll start in verse number 16 today. I want to welcome our new listeners out there as we're going through the Gospel of John, verse by verse, pulling out those nuggets of gold that God has that you can apply to your life. Amen. I'd like to invite you to go to crossboundministry.com and get a copy of my new book, Fearless Christian. It will help you, greatly help you put fear in its place so that faith can rule over your life. Faith in God. Amen. So go to crossboundministry.com to get a copy of my new book, Fearless Christian. John chapter 16 and verse number 16, the Bible says, A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. It may mean the Lord would be away from, from them for three days and then rise, rise again as the resurrection. It may mean he would go back to his Father in heaven, and then after a little while, the present age, he would come back to them the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I look forward to that day when the Savior comes back, when he's coming back for his bride, for his church, for those that are saved, for those that are born again. Amen. I look forward to that day. What a glorious day it will be. Amen. It says the dead in Christ shall rise it rise first, and those that are still on earth will be caught up with them to be forever with the Lord in the presence of the Lord. Look with me in verse number 17. Then said some of the disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. And because I go to the Father. His disciples were confused. And the reason for the confusion was in verse 10, the Savior had said, I go to my Father, and you will see me no more. But here he's saying, you won't see me and you'll see me again in a little while. They didn't understand what Jesus was trying to say. As many times, let's be honest, you read the Bible, you go, man, I, I really don't understand this. And it takes the Holy Spirit revealing it to you, the truths of God's word of what God is trying to say to you. Because the Bible is a spiritual book. You are not going to understand it if you are not saved. You are not going to understand it if you are not born again without the Holy Spirit living inside of you, showing you, shining that light on scripture so that you can understand it. You may memorize the whole thing. You may have a lot of head knowledge, but you have, does have nothing in your heart. It takes the Holy Spirit revealing the truth of God's word to you. Verse number 18. 
Then said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while we cannot tell what he saith. They asked each other the meaning of the words a little while. Do you know what the disciples did? They did what me and you do a lot of times. We ask a friend. We go to this person. We go to that person. We talk to them. But you know what we don't do? We don't go to Jesus and say, Jesus, what does this mean? Show me what it means. Amen. And they were there with Jesus. They could look at him with their own physical eyes. And yet they're asking each other, well, what is he talking about? What does he mean? What does that supposed to mean? What are we supposed to do with this? Instead of just asking Jesus, Jesus, what do you mean by this? What should we do with this? Amen. And so the disciples did what we do. Even when we have trouble, we phone a friend, we call this person, we tell that person, we talk about this. But instead of getting on our knees and just asking Jesus and giving it to him and saying, here it is, Jesus, I need help with this. I don't understand why this happened. I don't know why they said this. I don't know why they did that. But I certainly need your help, your guidance, and your direction. Amen. Because he wants to give it to you. He wants to be there for you. But you have to be willing to ask him. Amen. And so disciples did what we did. We do not know whether it refers to the three days before his res resurrection, the 40 days before Pentecost, or more than 1900 years prior to his coming again. That where he says, I, I, I'm here, I'm leaving, and I'm coming back. They didn't really understand. And so we don't know which three it was talking about, whether it be the, the where he died on the cross and rose again the third day before Pentecost or 1900 years in the present day. Amen. But we know when he's coming, boy, there's going to be a lot of joy. There's going to be a lot of happy people, but there's going to be a lot of lost and confused people too that go, man, I missed it. I missed the opportunity. You see, because today the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. You may get in a car wreck. You may get a sickness. You may get a bad night diagnosis from a doctor. Your heart may stop. Hey, the next very next breath belongs to the Lord that you take. Amen. Be thankful for that. We do not know when the end of our life is. Only God knows. And when it's up, it's up. When God calls for you. You see, the strongest, most powerful, richest man on the world, in the world, could not buy his next heartbeat. That's in God's hands. The toughest man on the planet could not make his own heartbeat one single time. That is in God's hands hands. So be ready for that day. People plan for retirement. They plan for all kinds of things. I want to live comfortable. I want it to go great. I want to be nice. I want to have live my golden years, but they forget to plan about death when you step out into eternity. Look with me in verse 19, John chapter 16, verse 19. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him. Did you see that? Jesus knows he could read their mind. They desired to ask him. They asked each other. They talked about it. They made all these things, but they didn't ask Jesus. Make sure when you're in that position that you ask Jesus, go right to him. Don't be ashamed and don't be shy. He wants to answer your questions. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while, and ye shall not see me? And again a little while, and ye shall see me? Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful. But your sorrow shall be turned into joy." 
Now, let's be honest. You can see how that would be confusing to them. He said that you, you'll weep and you'll lament, but the world will rejoice. And you'll be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. They didn't fully understand what Jesus was talking about. Being God, the Lord Jesus was able to read their thoughts. He knew that, hey, you desire to ask me, but Jesus had to go to them. I know that you want to ask me something. Just go ahead and ask me. And so by his questions, he revealed his full knowledge of their heart. He could see right down to the heart of the matter, their heart. Amen. And listen to me. Jesus can see right down to the heart of your matter, of the things in your life the things that you want to happen, the things that you want to know, the things that you want to ask God. Amen. Jesus explains the world would rejoice because they had succeeded in crucifying the Lord Jesus, but the disciples would weep and lament. They would be sorrowful. They would be hurt, but the world would rejoice that they had crucified the Savior. Now, the Bible says that Jesus laid his life down. No man could take it. Remember, he's God in the flesh. He is all-powerful, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the I am, that I am, the thrice holy God, the one whose words are so powerful they spoke this world and universe into existence. No, he laid down his life, but they were rejoicing because they thought, well, we crucified him, we killed him, we showed him, we fixed him, we shut him up. No, sir, no, ma'am. You fulfilled God's plan in bringing a savior to a sinful world. So Jesus laid down his life willfully and thank God he did that he loved me that much and I am so unworthy for it. But thank God he loves me and he loves you and he wants the absolute best for you and for me and that is to be with him in glory in eternity. Amen. Make sure that you have put your faith and trust in him. Because eternity is a long time. Oh, we plan for all kinds of things. We can't even imagine how long eternity is, but it is a very, very long time. So Jesus explains the world rejoice that they had succeeded in crucifying him, but it would only be for a short time. He would rise again on that third day. Amen. So their sorrow will be turned into joy as the disciples and the followers of Jesus. And it was the first resurrection and secondarily by the coming of the Holy Spirit. Then for all his disciples, for all ages, Greeks will be turned into rejoicing when the Lord Jesus would come back. And he's coming back for me. And he's coming back for you. If you're born again, if you're saved, if you're washed in the blood, if you're filled with the spirit, amen. And I don't mean filled with the spirit, but if you're sealed with the spirit, because the Bible says the moment you get saved, the Holy Spirit moves in and you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. No man can break that seal. The Bible says no man can pluck them out of my father's hands. When it says no man, it means no man, not even you that means no man no body see because the promise the promise is from him the promise is on him it's not your word it's not your promise no sir no ma'am it's his promise and thank god for it look with me in verse number 21 verse number 21 a woman when she is in travail has sorrow because her hour is come but as soon as she delivered of the child she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. 
You know, childbirth is probably one of the closest things a woman come to death. It is extremely, extremely painful. And I often think about this. When a couple gets pregnant, when the wife gets pregnant and they're so happy, oh, we're going to have a baby and there's so much joy and they have a nursery and, and a baby shower and they do all these things and they pick out a name and they're so joyful. You don't hear a mom say, oh, good Lord, there's pain coming. I'm not going to be able to stand it or bear it. I just can't stand it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And it makes me think of Jesus when he thought about the cross. He thought he's going to lay down his life. He's going to suffer but for the joy that was set before him, the Bible says he endured the cross. You see, he endured that cross because he knew those were going to be saved, that those that were going to be born again, that those were going to get to spend eternity with him. Because see, he wants fellowship with me and you. That's the whole reason he came to this earth to die on that cross, because he wants fellowship with you. But you've got to repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus' finished work on the cross to have that fellowship with him. He didn't die. He didn't want fellowship with the birds or the whales or any of those things. Not even with the fallen angels. He, they don't even have a way to be redeemed. They don't have a way to escape hell. But Jesus made a way for me and for you. That's how much he loved us. And that's I believe that's what he was thinking about. That's what the Bible says he was thinking about. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Like a mother, when she's going to have a baby, she don't think about the pain. Oh, it's going to be so painful. I'm not going to be able to stand it. No. no, they're joyfully happy that they got pregnant. They're joyfully happy that they're going to have a baby. Amen. So nothing is more remarkable than the speed which a mother forgets the labor pains after her child is born. As soon as that baby comes out, the joy on her face, that's her child. She gets to hold it, hear it cry, love it, and she totally forgets about the pain. Amen. So it would be with the disciples is what Jesus was trying to say. So it would be with the disciples. The sorrow connected with the absence of their Lord would be quickly forgotten when they would see him again. Oh my, they would forget about those hurts, those pains, those sorrows. Amen. When they saw Jesus, they would be filled with joy. Hey, there's my Savior, the Savior of the world, the one that can see right through me, that knows everything about me, that knows all my flaws, all my sins, but yet he still loves me and wants fellowship with me to walk with me and talk with me and tell me that I am his own. Thank God for that. Isn't that something you think about that? All the things, the thoughts that you've had, all the things that you've done, all the wrongs that you've done. Oh my goodness, but yet he still loves you no matter what, unconditionally. He doesn't love those things that you did. He doesn't love those things that you thought, but he loves you and he wants fellowship with you, to walk with you and talk with you. Isn't that something? That's something that not even your spouse or your parents or your mother or your father or your grandfather, they don't even know all the things that are in your heart. But yet they love you, but they can't love you like Jesus loves you. Because when you look at somebody and you fully know everything about them, you can read every thought, you can see the deepest parts of their heart, but yet you choose to love them and to accept them. Amen. And that is the one of the greatest human needs that a person needs to feel accepted. Listen to me. Jesus fully accepts you no matter what you thought or what you've done. Amen. He wants fellowship with you and he died for you, even for that Roman soldier 
that nailed him to the cross. Amen. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The Lord Jesus forgave the one that nailed him to the cross. Amen. So believe me, you didn't nail Jesus to the cross. There's nothing you could have done that he wouldn't forgive you for. Paul was a murderer. He drug Christians out of his house. Amen. But after he got born again, after he got saved, God used him in a mighty way and even penned a lot of the new testament he preached and changed many people's lives laid the foundation for the church amen god used him in a mighty way that we could have never thought of we would look at him and said that guy's a murderer are you crazy no way he's a christian no way god can use him but god said i can see his heart god said he's part of my family now god said i can use him and listen to me god can use you no matter where you come from who your parents are what you did what your name was what house you grew up in what neighborhood you grew up in how rich you were how poor you are what color you are that doesn't matter amen jesus looks at the heart jesus looks at the heart and that's what he changes when he comes into your life and when the heart's changed listen the exterior and the outward actions will follow with it it will change Look with me now in John chapter 16, verse 22. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. I will see you again. Does this refer to his resurrection, to his sending of the Spirit at Pentecost, or the second coming of Christ? You know, I'm not sure. But in all three cases, the result is rejoicing and a joy that cannot be taken away. Maybe it's referred to all three. I don't really know. But he does say, when you see me again in your heart, you will rejoice. And listen to this. This sounds so great. And your joy, no man taketh from you. No matter what somebody does to you, what they say, what goes on, no man can take that joy from you when you see me. And praise God for that when you truly grasp who's in your heart and where you're going when you die. It really doesn't matter. Oh, they may kill the body, but the Bible says, don't fear him that can kill the body. Fear him that can cast body and soul into hell. Amen. So if you're not saved, you don't have that joy. You have nothing but fear. But if you're saved, you have the peace of God in your heart. And listen to me, if you don't have that, you want that. I know that you do. You can't get it your own way. You can't get it by going to church. You can't get it by tithing. You can't get it by doing good. You can never work your way to heaven. But when you realize where you're at, you realize that you're a sinner. You realize you need a savior. Amen. And you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, then, then your heart shall rejoice and your joy shall remain full and no man can take it from you. Just like the Bible says. Why? Because that joy comes from Jesus. Amen. And when you got the joy of Jesus in your heart, it doesn't matter what happens to the outside. You may go broke. Your house may be burned down. You lose your job. But it doesn't matter. All these things are temporary. The Bible says in the end, they'll be burned up. They'll be, they mean nothing. So you listen to me. How much value? 
value does God put on your bank account? How much value does God put on your house if it's all going to be burned up? He doesn't put any value on that. He puts the value on you. That's where he puts the value. That's what he died for. That's what he came for. He came to have a relationship with you. Not for things. Not what society tells you. If, if you'll buy this. If you'll have this. If you'll drive this. If you'll wear this. You'll feel worthy. No, listen to me. When you get saved and the Holy Spirit moves in, that's when you're going to feel worthy. When you feel worthy before the Lord Jesus Christ. Before God Almighty. When that hole is filled that, hey, I know that I'm saved. I know where I'm going. I know that I'm going to spend eternity with heaven. If you don't have that, if you've never been born again, the only thing that you have is the wrath of God hanging over your head because there's a penalty for sin and a place called hell. And the Bible says there's weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth, gnawing of tongue where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Amen. That is not a place you want to go. And Jesus, he, Jesus doesn't want you to go there so bad that he died for you, that he laid down his life. There is nothing more that he can do. It's all on you. Will you accept it today? Will you be born again today? Where will you spend eternity? Oh, you can lie to everybody. You can lie to the preacher, to the pastor, to your family. But listen to me, you and God know when you lay down your head at night, you know whether or not you have peace with God. And if you don't, if you don't, please, please get it settled. Please get it settled. Look with me at verse number 23. John chapter 16, verse 23. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Up to now, the disciples had come to the Lord with all their questions and requests. In that day, the age ushered in by the descendant of the Spirit at Pentecost. He would no longer be with them bodily, so they would no longer be asking him questions. But did that mean that they would have no one to go to? Oh, yes, they would, the Holy Spirit, to God, amen. No, in that day, it would be the privilege to ask the Father, and he would grant them their request for Jesus' sake, in Jesus' name, amen. And so requests will be granted, not because we are worthy, no, we're not worthy, but because the Lord Jesus is worthy is why he'll answer your prayer, because the Lord Jesus is worthy is the reason that we can get on our knees and come before a thrice holy God, and he will answer our prayer if we ask according to his will and listen to me if somebody's not saved and you're praying for him i promise you that is according to his will second peter 3 9 tells you the lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but as long suffering to us word not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance so if you're praying for somebody to be, be saved you know that's god's will amen verse number 24 Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Can I ask you, do you want your joy to be full? Prior to this, the disciples had never prayed to God the Father in the Lord's name. Now they were invited to ask, as you are invited to ask too. Through answered prayer, their joy would be fulfilled. Why? Because it would be God's joy and Jesus' joy. What do you have in your heart today? Do you have misery, hurt, pain, sorrow, suffering? Or do you have the joy of Jesus? Now, that doesn't mean that there's just going to be happy-go-lucky each and every day. No, the Bible does say there's going to be hard times. 
The Bible does say there's going to be trouble. The Bible does say you're going to have trials and tribulations. But in the end, the Bible says that he's going to wipe away every tear and we will spend all of eternity with him in a perfect place called heaven with a thrice holy God with walls of jasper, streets of gold, sea of crystal, gates of pearl. What an amazing place that's going to be. But that's not going to be the real joy. It's not going to be the mansions that you have or the streets of gold. But the real joy is going to be being in the presence of a thrice holy God, walking with him and talking with him and having fellowship and communion with him and spending lots and lots of time, although we'll be outside of time with him. Amen. I ask you today, have you ever put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.